The 2024 SEC schedule release couldn't have gone better for the Aggies. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. What a day to be an Aggie fan. There's so much to talk about on this show today. I don't know how we're going to do it. We know the, with the schedule, the 2024 schedule now for the Aggies, and I feel pretty dang good about it. I'm like, I'm giddy. I am I am filled with enough excitement to explode. And the other piece of news, the Aggies landed a quarterback. A quarterback. There's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We are going to talk about, you know, like I say, I wish I could talk about both things of these two things first, but unfortunately I cannot do that. So segment one and two today are going to be breaking down this 2024 schedule. And if you want to learn about the Aggies' new quarterback, that'll be in segment three today. Let's get right into this schedule breakdown. I, I, I'm I, just so excited about this schedule. We just did a big episode with all of the locked-on SEC school hosts. So your Auburn, Kentucky, Georgia, Bama, all the different hosts were there. That was great. It's going to be on my YouTube and on all my other plat- platforms where you can find me, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, where you get a podcast. So go check that out. It was great to hear all the perspectives from the different SEC schools. But when it comes to the Aggies, uh, this schedule, uh, the Aggies can win a lot of football games. Let's go through it real quick. Home games, LSU, Texas, Missouri, uh, New Mexico State, Notre Dame, McNeese and Bowling Green. So those are the home games. Of course, those are the non-conference games as well. Neutral site, you've got the Hogs, Arkansas, the neutral site. And then you head to Auburn, Florida, Mississippi State, and South Carolina. So this schedule to be, the reason to be excited about it is because your three hardest games on the schedule, LSU, Texas, and Notre Dame, are all going to be played at Kyle Field. So... You don't have to go play a game away that I'm super concerned about. Now, I, I'm I've been high on Auburn. I think they could have a good year. I think they could develop under Coach Freeze in 2024. That's an away game. You have to go to the swamp, but I mean, what what all is going on at the swamp right now? Not much. I'm, it's just you you kind of feel good about this schedule so far. I mean, you break this down, and and the two keys here for me, the two keys to remember. First, you avoid Georgia and Bama, which is couldn't have gone better. You get the the Lone Star Showdown is back, the which is I, I'm really excited. Uh, that was leaked this morning. Um, we found out that this this rivalry is back. We know that this game is going to be back. We know that the Aggies are going to be playing their rival Texas. That game is going to be in Kyle Field. What's the best part about that is, you know, you you invite your rival to your conference. They come meet you in the SEC. Haven't played them since the Aggies joined the conference, of course. And this game in Kyle Field, that's just going to be a fun one. Goodness, that's going to be a fun one, of course. I'm high on the Aggies this year. I've seen some preseason rankings that have the Aggies like 18th and the Longhorns 5th. 
it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a real deal. It's gonna be a real deal showdown, not just the name of the rivalry. It's gonna be a, a good game, and it's gonna that I to get a ticket to Kyle Field for that game, I would do anything. I'm really looking forward to that game. And the other key here too, um, I talked about this on the show with all the other SEC locked on SEC hosts was the fact that you your 2022 class is they're going to be juniors. Your Evan Stewart's, Connor Wegman's, all of these guys, all of you know Walter Nolan, all of these players are going to be third year. You know they're going to be in peak athletic performance. They that'll be their third season playing SEC football. This could be a season where. If Wegman turns it on this year, if all the if if the pieces come together this year, and the Aggies win eight games, let's just say that. Let's say the Aggies win eight games this year. Next year, whoo, ooh, I mean, I just it, it could be special. So I mean, let's break this down. You get LSU at home. That's a game. Once again, I, I've I've been I'm high on LSU this year. I'm assuming I'll be high on the next year. I don't know how much eligibility Daniels has left. I don't know if he's gone after this year, um, but that's a game at home. That should be a fun one. The LSU Texas A&M games have been fun over these last few years. So that's a game. I'll be interested to see how that goes. Then of course you got Texas. Um, now we don't know the dates and the times of these games yet, but that's going to be, I don't know when that's going to come out. I'm I'm sure not for a while. We, we might know the dates soon, but the times we're obviously not going to know till a year from now, pretty much. So, you know, New Mexico State, Bowling Green, McNeese, not worried about those games. We're not even really break those down. The Notre Dame game at home is going to be an interesting one. Um, you know, hosting a team like Notre Dame, th- these are games that – there's a lot of games on the schedule that are going to bring a lot of excitement to the fan base with being the LSU, Texas, and Notre Dame games. I think – Early, quick look at this schedule. Those everydayers that have been with me these last few weeks that I've been doing this show, um, the games that I've circled on the, the for this season as the, you got to win these games, the most important games, Tennessee, LSU, and Alabama. Those are the three games that I think you got to find. You, you, you got to pull one out if you want to have a good year. But those are the hardest games on the schedule. Going ahead now that we see the 2024 schedule, I think you can break that down as LSU, Texas, and Notre Dame. I mean, these games on the road, I think that it says a lot about a team, you know, who you play on the road and who you play at home. I think the fact that you do play your toughest games at home with Kyle Field being one of the best environments in college football, it makes you feel good about these games. I think the Aggies can beat LSU at home. I think they can beat Texas at home. I think they can beat Notre Dame at home next year. Now, of course, there's lots. We got the transfer portal. We got, uh, let's say, Arch Manning doesn't pan out or Connor Wegman doesn't pan out, you know, uh, or uh, Quinn Ewers comes back. I mean, there's so many variables to to this. It's hard to break down these games from a standpoint of who's going to win, who's going to lose. But I think pre real quick look at this schedule, those three games are going to be crucial. The neutral side Arkansas game, you know, that's going to be a game. It, same thing with uh, like Daniels at LSU with KJ Jefferson. I don't know his eligibility status. I I don't know. I mean, if he's back next uh, for the 2024 season, that's a conversation. If he's not, it's a different conversation. So, you know, a lot of these games, as I just said, it's hard to kind of break these games down from the the fact of who's going to win, who's going to lose, just because we don't know what these rosters are going to look like yet. Um, so, I mean, and, but like I said, the games on the road, 
I'm not high on Mississippi State or South Carolina. I'm pretty uh, this year, and I think you know Rattler. Rattler, I'm pretty confident saying he's going to be gone after the season. I've seen him in some mock drafts uh, for this upcoming NFL draft. Um, Will Rogers, Mississippi State one. I think he's gone too. I could be wrong there, but like I said, I think those are two games I feel good about. Going to Florida and going to Auburn. Those are two games. You know, there there's some question marks around those games. I know. Um, Florida's got that Mertz kid who was at Wisconsin. I don't know his eligibility status, but, um, you know, let's say he takes a step forward this year. And, and I know he might not for sure win the job, but let's say that, you know, let, let's put it out there. He wins the job and he turns his career around and is becomes a dude for the Gators. That becomes a game that's tough to play in the Swamp. Swamp's a tough place to play. Same thing with Auburn. They brought in uh, Peyton Thorne, who I do know has a couple of years left to eligibility. So he'll be their starter this year, I assume, and he'll be their starter again next year. He's a kid from Michigan State, so you know if he kind of figures things out himself, that's an interesting game too. But listen, let's keep breaking down more of this schedule. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, been doing a lot of recording tonight. We recorded, like I said, the big long show breaking down the SEC, breaking down this show we, I got going for, on for you all right now. And I've been wearing my bird dogs the whole time. And it's, I mean, I'm just so comfortable. It's, 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 I am just so comfortable. I love these shorts. I love these pants. They feel great. They have the liner on the inside. They're versatile. You can wear them to do anything. You can wear them on a date. You can wear them to fish. Go into the lake on Saturday. I'll probably wear my bird dogs to swim trunks because why not? Love my bird dogs. They're comfortable. I have two pairs. I know I talk about my multiple pairs. I have different colors. I have one that has a, a pair that's more of like a khaki feel and then a pair that's more of a shorts feel. But, for example, I was playing basketball with my good buddies the other day. I was wearing the khaki ones, and they're just like shorts. They're like that. That is why I speak to the versatility of these shorts. I promise they're the best shorts ever. You have got to go give them a try. Go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free Yeti-style tumbler with every order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you that. Folks, I, I you know, managing the excitement right now it's proving to be difficult. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I just this schedule, and listen, it's an SEC schedule. It's not like we're playing Vanderbilt 12 times, okay? You know, or um, no offense to any Vandy fans out there, but I think you get where I'm coming at coming from there. You know, you're not playing Vanderbilt seven times and Missouri five times. You know, you're you're playing some real deal teams here. You still have to take care of business against LSU and Texas, and you, you, you those teams are coming to your place. But you, like I said, you feel better about those uh, games being at Kyle Field. Now, the one thing, if there was one thing I would have to say about the schedule that is a little bit of a bummer, I would say with the Arkansas game being neutral, is you have three SEC home games. So, you know, you've got your four away games, Auburn, Florida, Mississippi State, South Carolina, and then you've got your three home games, LSU, Texas, Missouri, and then the neutral site game with Arkansas rounding out the schedule to eight games, of course. So, you know, looking at Arkansas's schedule, they I'm pretty sure about this, but they have four home games, then the neutral site game. So that's a little unfair. You know, they only have three away SEC games. That's a little, that's the one thing that I would say I'm a little frustrated about about this schedule because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you're playing, it's still SEC football. 
on any given day, they can Mississippi State could, could beat you, South Carolina, Florida, Auburn. All four of those schools can beat you on any given day just because it's a road game in the SEC, the hardest conference in college football. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that that's the one – if I had to pick one thing to be upset about with this schedule, it would be that. But, I mean, if you look at some of these other SEC schedules, Bama's pretty unhappy. Um, I think Georgia got – I don't I, – I know, I know Bama's unhappy. They, I think they got to play uh, Georgia, which is that game. I, once again, talking about the get me a ticket to Kyle Field when we play Texas, get me a ticket to that game. That game is going to be a fun one. But, you know, I think relatively – we were talking about this after we stopped recording with our the all the SEC hosts. I said, guys, did, did Texas A&M, like, get the best draw they could have gotten? And I feel pretty confident saying that they did. I mean, if I had to knee-jerk reaction, once again, I know there's so much that has to happen transfer portal stuff, all these different things have to break down. But if I had to look at this schedule right now, I could go. New Mexico State's a win. Bowling Green's a win. McNeese is a win. Missouri at home is a win. South Carolina weighs a win, and Mississippi State's a win. I think you – those those six games, I, I feel you could argue South Carolina and Mississippi State are toss-ups. I've talked about how high I am on South Carolina in the future, but I do think they're a little ways away. I think the recruiting has to continue to get better and better and better, and I don't think it's quite there yet. But I feel pretty confident saying that. And then you got your, you know, Auburn and Florida are games. Texas A&M is going to be a better roster. If they were at home, I would pretty much chop it down as a dub with them being on the road. You know, it's a little bit more of a toss-up than if if it was a game playing at Kyle Field. But, I mean, I think LSU, Texas, Notre Dame at home, the Aggies are going to win one of those three games. And it's kind of like what we've talked about with this year's schedule with the Tennessee, LSU, and Bama games. If you win one of those three games this year for the 2023 schedule, the, the you know, nine and three becomes a realistic possibility. Nine and three, you know, you win one of those three games this season against LSU, Tennessee, and Bama. You let's say you knock off Tennessee at their place, right? That gives you wiggle room to drop a game against an Auburn or an Arkansas or Miami and still go nine and three. If you take care of business against the other games that you could argue the Aggies are favored, but are kind of toss-ups. So I think this schedule, like if you not can win one of those three games, LSU, Texas, Notre Dame, all at home, I think there's a world where the Aggies could win two of them, especially because, like I said, it is all breaking this down, it, it it doesn't really matter. Everything I'm saying right now could be completely and utterly irrelevant in seven months. You know, Connor Wegman could not pan out. Connor Wegman could be a Heisman finalist. You know, we don't know what's going to happen yet. But if these things do happen, if this offensive line develops into who we think it's going to be, if the defense is as solid as many believe, if the quarterback room is good, the running backs are all young. I mean, the receiver room, you're going to lose a couple guys there, but you still got Stewart and Noah Thomas, and you got some people hopefully from the transfer portal coming in next cycle. This roster is young and this roster is talented. And it's going to be the same thing when we're sitting and talking about this this time next year. So, you know, there's a world where the Aggies can win two of those three games. I wouldn't say I'd predict it right now, but, I mean, you do that. Let's, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to talk worst case, best case when we break this down. You talk best case. You do that. You take care of business against LSU and Notre Dame, right? And then you beat the teams I said. Mississippi State, South Carolina, Nice, Bowling Green, Missouri, New Mexico State. That's eight wins right there without even breaking down the Auburn and Florida games. Once again, I don't think that is going to, happen i'm not leaning towards that i don't if i had to put a futures bet on it right now with our friends fanduel 
I would say that the Aggies do take care of business in one of those three games, LSU, Texas, Notre Dame. I'm not, I'm not confident to say who it's going to be, but it does seem like the Aggies pull out a big win in Kyle field pretty much on a year to, on a yearly basis. So I think they're going to win one of those games. And then it's simple as you take care of business against some of these games on the road, you beat Auburn, Florida, Mississippi state and South Carolina, you know, college football playoff talk is on the table and people are going to be in the comments laughing at me, making fun of me for that statement. And that is okay. If you feel that way, clown me, make fun of me, give me a hard time. I get it. I really do get it. But I guess to sum all of this up, I don't know how you can leave this event tonight, June 14th, 2023, and not feel really good about this schedule for the upcoming season, uh, for the 2024 season, excuse me. I don't know how you can leave leave that little show the SEC hosted on the SEC Network and, and not feel great about what's to come for the Aggies. Now, you kind of have to get through this season. I've see, seen the people fire Jimbo, and I'm not. I'm 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 on I'm in the Jimbo's on thin ice camp. I'm not on the fire Jimbo camp. I'm on the let's see what happens this year thin ice kind of camp there. But you got to get through this year if Jimbo gets eight or nine wins and, and, and survives this season, I think he'd survive with seven, especially with the schedule next year and, and the talent on the roster. Um, you know, if if he's, if they survive this year, if, if coach survives this season, and then like you have a great season and you don't lose coach Petrino to another job, or you don't lose, um, you know, you, you don't lose your coaching staff to uh, head coach positions. I think that college football playoff talks could really be on the table in 2024. And once again, don't quote me on this, but I'm 99% sure that that's when the 12-team playoff is going to be in effect. I'll have to double-check on that. I'll leave that in the comments. But, I mean, if that's the case, if it's a 12-team playoff, my confidence level goes through the roof on the Aggies making that, just thanks to this schedule. Um, So, I mean, everybody, let me know your thoughts on the schedule in the comment. Look at some other teams' schedules. Let me know how where do the Aggies compare. Do the Aggies have the easiest schedule of those draws? I feel pretty confident that they do. I feel pretty confident the Aggies, definitely the e- easiest three. I think Arkansas got a pretty good draw too. There's some, you could you could break that down. But everybody, let me know in the comments what you think about the schedule. I'm excited. I know I'm sunshine pumping, but I mean, it was just the first thing I thought when I saw the schedule was I'm really confident about 2024. So everybody, please let me know your thoughts on this schedule in the comments. I'm curious to see what you all think. Now let's talk about, New Aggie quarterback commit, Miles O'Neal. Yep, the Aggies got another commit. Quarterback Miles O'Neal chose the Aggies over Penn State, Pitt, and Michigan State. Six foot five, 220 pounds. Now we've talked about the good stuff. I can already foresee the comments. I haven't read much on Twitter about him. I watched the tape before I clicked record, but I haven't read much about people's thoughts on the commit. I already can see it. You know, three-star, he's a three-star, he's a three-star, blah, blah, three-star. Um, my, my knee-jerk reaction on that, I'm going to be brutally honest with you, brutally honest. I personally do get too caught up in stars. Now, I think one thing that for, for, for those like me who get too caught up in stars, a good thing to do is they always put that graphic of like the first round of the NFL draft, and it's like you're going to have like 16 picks that were like two stars out of the middle of nowhere. Like that should, you know, players can develop with that six foot five, 220 pound frame. O'Neill's a guy, you know, 852nd in the class. He's the 40, 41st quarterback. Um, 
I get people who see this commit and they aren't excited. I get it. I mean, truly. But at the end of the day, he's a guy you already have, you know, Connor Wegman's on the roster at least for two more seasons and, and something happens, he goes to the league, that can happen. You've got Marcel Reed who just, you know, recent guy. So he's a, a, tw- a 2023 guy. So he's newly on campus. You got some young guys, but here's the thing. You bring in O'Neal. What's the worst that could happen? He's not great and never plays, and he's just a backup quarterback. That's the worst case scenario. But he's a guy with the frame to be elite at this quarterback position, which is the most important position on the field. So I get people, like I said, I am guilty of that at times. I am guilty of overlooking stars and seeing a player and being like, ah, he was a three star. I, I do that. I do that a lot. I, um, but I have to remember things like how many times have we seen, I mean, like Stetson Bennett, right? He's a great, so I don't think he was anything at a, you know, he was, a, you know, Baker Mayfield was a walk on. I'm pretty, you know, all these different stories of players that were, you know, didn't have a lot of stars and all this and that, all those, you know, stories about this to where guys like this can develop into a starting quarterback and be a great quarterback. And I think he could, the tape I watched, frankly, I don't know how he wasn't ranked higher. Now, I'd have to watch the other 41 quarterbacks or the other 40 quarterbacks ranked ahead of him to say this confidently, but that tape did not look like the 41st quarterback in, in the class. That's just, to me, that is a little crazy, frankly. I, um, I, the tape, you know, he, the arm strength, which 6'5, 220, that's a, you know, Josh Allen esque frame. So, you know, the arm strength should be there, but it is. He, my favorite play from his highlight tape was he kind of got forced back in the pocket and then he was able to step up through some pressure and he gets hit. When I say hit, I mean, he gets like punched in the stomach. I mean, it was like he got hammered and he was still, after getting hit, was able to release the ball from the 45 and hit his receiver about two or three yards into the end zone for a touchdown with some velocity behind it. It wasn't like it was fluttering. There was some velocity behind this throw. So that tape was impressive. But not only that is the fact that he ran the ball a good amount. You know, you you see 6'5", 220, you think pro style, this dude's not going to move with his legs, period. But he, there were some highlight tapes of him running, and then normally, okay, we'll see it, the broken play, and the quarterback takes off and gets 14 yards. I mean, hey, I mean, Tom Brady's had a you know a 10 plus yard run once or twice in his career, but it's not like this with O'Neill. It's 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 more like he would go off to run. He, when he goes to run, he is fast. Like he is quick. It's not like he, there's no one around him, so he was able to pick up 15 yards. It's like he's outrunning players with a frame like that. You um. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give the the Josh Allen comparison. I already talked about Josh Allen, but I'm going to give that comp here. I mean, Josh Allen, he played at Wyoming. I mean, I don't know how many stars he was, but it couldn't have been many if you're playing at Wyoming. No offense to Wyoming or Josh Allen. Josh Allen won me two fantasy football championships. Thank you, Josh Allen. So, you know, I, I just think with that frame, that build, the the throws are there. A lot of over the – dropping the ball on the bucket, over-the-shoulder throws – um, he, he's crisp on, on go routes. He's crisp on little short throws. He's a crisp quarterback with a good frame and he can use his legs. I, I don't, I don't see what's not to like. And now I say that maybe I, like I said, I haven't gone through Twitter yet to see people's thoughts on the commit, but I, I, people might not be in, I, what I, like I said, I always see people, he's a three-star. I'm sure there's going to be some of that, but I'm hoping to see some positivity because I really do believe this is a guy who can come in and 
really help this football team and be a guy that, you know, after Reed and Wegman and they're all gone is a guy maybe if he develops right with that frame, picks up a little bit more accuracy and uses his cannon for an arm and becomes the Aggie starter in, you know, 2026, seven, whatever it ends up being. So, you know, he's a guy I don't think he should be overlooked. I think this is a big-time commitment for the Aggies. And at the end of the day, you know, it's good to get a commit. It's good to get the ball rolling. I know we've had a couple um, transfer portal guys. You know, Jordan Anthony came in the other day. We talked about him earlier in the week. If you missed that, go check it out. I broke down what I think his role is going to look like. But um, there's been some, some, you know, some. there hasn't been a, a good old high school commit in, in a little while, so it feels good to see that, especially a quarterback, because, goodness, it's fun to talk about quarterbacks. So, uh, I'm excited about him. I think at the end of the day, he's going to be ranked higher than 852nd in the class. I think he'll make a leap forward if he if he could get to a top you know 30 quarterback and move to like 622. I, I'd feel pretty confident saying I think he can do that before it's all said and done. Now committing to, to an SEC school helps too, but it'll be interesting to see where he finishes when this is all said and done. But I think he's better than his ranking. And if you watch the tape, I think you would agree with me on that. Um, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies couple things, like I said, if you all want to go check out the uh, show where all of the Locked On SEC hosts kind of talk their, about their thoughts on the schedule is going to be on my YouTube and on my, my podcast platform, Spotify, wherever you listen. So go check that out. It's, it's fun to hear everybody's different perspective on their schedule and kind of, you know, for those of you that are SEC fans plus Texas A&M fans like myself – it's fun to, it'll be fun to hear people talk about how they feel about their school. And once again, I am considering thinking about doing a, um, what do you call that? Like uh, a, you all, I'm blanking on the word to call it, but you all give me some questions and a uh, mailbag. That's what it is. A mailbag segment where you all give me some questions and I answer them and have it be like the third segment on a Friday. I'm thinking about making that a permanent thing. So if you all have any questions, you all want me to answer. Um, leave those in the comments and once again, leave in the comments what you think about this schedule. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to be excited about if you are a Texas A&M fan, but once again, that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on Aggies. I appreciate you as always, and we will see you tomorrow.